Hello, it's Friday the 26th of February. My name's John Dennis. You're listening to a special edition of Guardian Daily, focusing on the diplomatic row over the search for oil off the coast of the Falkland Islands. On Monday, a small British company called Desire Petroleum started drilling about 60 miles north of the islands, 300 miles from the South American mainland. The exploration has had a disastrous effect on relations between Britain and Argentina. They're now at their worst they've been since the 1982 Falklands War, when 900 people died. Argentina claims sovereignty over the Falklands. It sees the British-backed exploitation of natural resources, such as oil, as a form of colonialism. In Buenos Aires, veterans who fought the British in 1982 joined a protest against oil exploration in the Falklands. Daniel Palmieri is vice president of the Malvina Soldiers Group. The traumas that a war brings cannot be erased. We don't want to return to that, but something has to be done. Because if they begin like this, today they come for oil, tomorrow they come for land, and the day after they'll come for water. A summit of 32 countries in Mexico endorsed Argentina's claim that Britain was breaking international law by permitting drilling to begin. Jorge Tayana, the Argentine foreign minister. Este es un acto unilateral. This is a unilateral act in a series of unilateral acts that the United Kingdom has realised. It is an act that we consider clearly illegal, contrary to the international law and contrary to clear UN resolutions, specifying that no unilateral act should take place that could aggravate the dispute that exists between the United Kingdom and Argentina over the Falkland Islands. He went to see Ban Ki-moon, the United Nations Secretary-General, to press Argentina's case. Martin Nasirki is the spokesman for the Secretary-General. The meeting is at the request of the Foreign Minister of Argentina and uh, it will be for the Foreign Minister of Argentina to bring up whatever matters he wishes to bring up. The second uh, point is that the Secretary-General Secretary General will be in listening mode and uh, that's all uh, I have to say on the matter at the moment. Though the UN has called for talks between Britain and Argentina, but it can't intervene without the backing of the Security Council, where the UK has a veto. Argentina has ruled out any attempt to blockade the islands, but Britain's Defence Minister, Bill Rammel, said the government would take whatever steps are necessary to protect the Falklands. Joining our discussion today are Guardian columnist Simon Jenkins, co-author with Max Hastings of The Battle for the Falklands, Grace Livingston, author of America's Backyard, the United States and Latin America from the Monroe Doctrine to the War on Terror. And on the line from Caracas, Rory Carroll, the Guardian's Latin America correspondent. But before we hear from our guests, let's find out a bit more about the search for oil. Phil Rendell is Director of Mineral Resources for the Falkland Government, and I asked her whether, given previous unsuccessful explorations, she was hopeful that oil might be discovered. We've had only six wells drilled uh, to the north of the islands some years ago, and we did have traces of hydrocarbons from those wells. An awful lot of uh, work has gone on since then by the oil companies that have got licenses, a lot of seismic data, etc., acquired, and they think they can now pinpoint where where to drill more successfully. So we're we're pretty optimistic, but we've got our feet firmly on the ground and don't expect... um, uh, an, an early discovery of commercial oil, but we do expect that this uh, 
drilling round that we've got going now will add to the story and and uh, progress our understanding of the area. And what is your current understanding of the area as regards its oil riches? Well, what what we found out from the the first drilling phase was we we certainly have a hydrocarbon system working there, and and some oil and some gas was returned to the surface, uh, but not in commercial quantities. And at the time of drilling back in 1998, the oil price was only $10 a barrel. It's now much higher than that, and uh, the prospect of uh, perhaps smaller accumulations uh, of hydrocarbons might be commercial. So uh, it's, it's just a second exploration phase. We're really in the uh, same situation as the UK was in the late 1960s. So we've got a long way to go, uh, but we're really very pleased that the industry is prepared to, to uh, commit a quite a considerable investment in getting more data out of the, uh, the basins. And in terms of the time scale, how long will it be before you know um, whether it's going to be worth uh, exploiting uh, that area uh, for oil? Yes, that's a very good question, um, and it can, it's, it's hugely variable. It, uh, it really depends on, on what, what is found in these, these planned wells and how long it takes to analyze the data uh, from those wells, and that might take, take months, and it might end up in, in, in not, not being uh, a commercial find. But in the event that there was uh, something that looked, looked uh, promising and, and could be uh, could be produced some oil that could be produced. We then we then have to look at a series of uh, of appraisal drilling, which might take several years. And then after that, if all looked well and there was um, su- sufficient to consider uh, a development phase, then we might take several years to plan that development uh, phase and get into production. So it's a long way off, and we here in the islands are being quite pragmatic and sensible, uh, enjoying the, the exploration phases when they come along, but we're not banking on, on you know, lots of revenue flowing from this in the future yet. What would be the impact on the Falkland Islands of a multi-billion dollar oil industry? Well, in, in the event that, that that were ever to happen, um, I think, think the impact would be, would be obviously considerable, but uh, hydrocarbons, oil certainly would be produced offshore. Uh, that, that's a scenario uh, described to us by, by the oil industry in floating production, um, offloading um, uh, vessels that, uh, that are common offshore Brazil and, and Angola and so on. So from a social impact, perhaps not, not, we're not looking at another Aberdeen, uh, but it's the income from 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 uh, the activity that would have the impact, I think. And the islanders are committed uh, right from the start to make contributions to to defence costs. That's the only area that we don't pay our way at the moment is uh, is is the defence of the islands. Uh, we, our economy is, uh, is is pretty buoyant at the moment. Uh, so one of the first things we want to do would would be to make a, a contribution to to defence as soon as we could. Phil Rendell from the Falklands Government. From guardian.co.uk, this is Guardian Daily. Well, let's hear now from my guests, Simon Jenkins, Rory Carroll and Grace Livingston. Simon Jenkins, we heard from Phil Rendell from the Falklands Government there saying that the islands depend on Britain for defence. Isn't this essentially a colonial issue? Well, the Falklands has always been a colonial issue. Uh, There's no argument about that. Um, the, 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 the issue is, is how far do you carry the principle of self-determination? Um, clearly, those people who want to stay British have a right in some sense to stay British, but they can't have a veto on government policy. Uh, the Falklands has been a massive expense for Britain for a very long time. 
um, the war occurred because of the intransigence of the islanders when offered a not unreasonable uh, leaseback proposal by um, the, the British government under the auspices of the United Nations. Um, and I think that state of affairs still obtains. Um, n- nor is it correct, as they say, to claim that the, the oil somehow belongs to the islands. Uh, North Sea oil doesn't belong to the Shetlands. Um, this is a British government policy issue as, as a whole. It's not one that's confined to the Falklands. Rory, what is Argentina's basis for saying it has a legitimate claim to sovereignty of these waters? Well, history, geography, you know, national pride. Um, I mean, they were there first, or at least not first, but they were there before the British uh, expelled them in 1833. Uh, so they feel that there's some legitimacy there. Um, secondly, they say, just look at the map, um, and you just see that the Falklands are in the South Atlantic, and it's a couple of hundred miles from the Argentine coast, and yet they're over 10,000 kilometers from uh, from London. Um, and so they feel that this is just a colonial hangover and an anachronism. Um, and since... Uh, 1982, of course, there is a very much a, a, a strong emotional pull. They feel that uh, that that blood was spilled, uh, mostly their blood, um, and they feel that it is it is a real sense that it's, it belongs to them, and this has been drilled into Argentines from in their school books, um, in their books, and it's one of the few issues, uh, apart from football, that actually unites Argentines. Grace Livingstone, um, the British company drilling for oil is called Desire Petroleum, apparently named after HMS Desire, which claimed to have discovered the islands in 1592. But you, you've written that the question of who discovered the, the Falklands uh, is in doubt, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no one really knows who um, first discovered the islands. That's one of the questions that's in dispute. Um, Pro-Argentine historians, plumpers, Spanish navigators, British um, historians, um, claim it was British, um, but um, there is agreement that the first people to actually actually settle the islands were French. Um, then the British um, settled another part of the, another island a year later, and then uh, they left again. So there, there's um, actually um, quite a lot of uncertainty about um, those early discoveries, and this is why there's some um, disagreement about who actually has the right to sovereignty. And uh, the Foreign Office itself, um, publicly, it says there's, it has no doubts about Britain's sovereignty over the Falkland Islands. But if you look at um, the official documents from the Foreign Office, you can see that over the last um, 100 years, They've had very serious doubts. Um, In particular, in uh, 1910, they commissioned a study, a 17,000-word study, looking at this very question. And um, it highlighted the weaknesses of um, Britain's case. And the study shocked uh, the uh, Foreign Office officials um, at the time. Um, The British ambassador at the time, for example, said, "Um, I must confess that I had no idea of the strength of the Argentine case, nor the weakness of ours. So uh, the Foreign Office, um, although publicly claiming that our claim is historically very strong, uh, privately um, it knows that uh, it's not so watertight. Simon Jenkins, uh, the current British case uh, for sovereignty does it rests on the self-determination of the islanders, and that's not in doubt, is it? I think, yes, it's, it, is, it is stronger than that. Um, it, it, the, 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 who discovered it doesn't really matter. Um, there's no doubt the Spanish settled the island for 40 years uh, in the late 18th century. Um, the, the, that, that settlement, um, and that was done under the Treaty of Utrecht, it's incontrovertible. Um, that settlement passed to the Argentinians uh, in, in, in 1820. Um, and the British simply seized the islands in, in 1833. It was, a, it was a straight land grab, imperial land grab. Um, there, there was no legal justification for it whatsoever. However, um, since then, the, 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 the much um, um, paraded doctrine of prescription says that if you've held somewhere 
for a century and a half. Um, uh, and no one really has sort of forcibly ejected you, um, although the Argentinians have always protested. Uh, you do have a prescriptive right to it. And if that's reinforced by the self-determination of the colonists and settlers you put there, um, then, then you, you have a very strong claim to continue, to continue in occupancy. And my argument would be, when I, when I, was, when I was researching this for, for a book on the war, my argument would, would be, yes, you have a very strong right for occupancy and, for, um, and for, for, for what might be called dignity in your settlement. Um, but you, you do have an obligation to negotiate on sovereignty. And, and that, it seems to me, was the basis on which, as, as Grace says, the British Foreign Office were, were, were pondering the case when they, when they were discussing negotiating leaseback before 1982. So, I mean, again, the Britain, uh, in, in, under pressure from Argentina over this oil issue, has said that it won't negotiate on this. Do you think it should? Well, it, it, you, you don't negotiate simply because uh, you take one view of the law and someone else takes a different view of the law, as Rory says. Um, this, this is a this is, it's not a massive issue in Argentina. I, I, when I was there, I didn't find it a massive issue, but it certainly was a running grievance. Uh, and as you saw, 32 uh, South, and South American and Caribbean nations last week signed up to, to, to the Argentine case. And the Americans are, are basically on the Argentine side on the matter of sovereignty, although they, they just keep silent on it. We, we, we are very weak at general grounds. Um, particularly when it comes to exploiting the oil on the continental shelf. I mean, it's one thing to discuss the islands themselves. It is a slightly different thing to say, oh, and, we, and we are entitled to all the oil uh, in, in, in the surrounding seabed. Um, I, I do think the British case is pretty shaky at the moment. Rory, um, what, what do you think the significance um, is of the Latin American country's support of Argentina over this? Well, it was an, an easy diplomatic victory for the Argentines because, um, I mean, it is that by coincidence of timing, there was this, this big summit happening in Mexico. Um, and I think the significance is that it gives them um, a, a kind of, it bolsters their, their moral case and, and diplomatic case. But beyond that, I don't think really it's that significant because um, it's quite straightforward for the Latin American states to line up behind Argentina um, and, and give them the rhetoric that they wanted to hear. But beyond that, uh, really, there's not, I don't think that not much would be happening. Um, I mean, some of the rhetoric from uh, uh, Lula and Brazil and Chavez and Venezuela um, has been quite uh, very forthright. But beyond that, really, it's it's it's, it's almost uh, it's a lot of posturing, really. Um, and there's no talk, for example, of any sort of form of economic sanctions or, or against any British economic interests in the region. So really, I don't, nothing's going to go much further than this. Um, and as I say, this, a lot of this is posturing. And even on the Argentine side, um, there's actually not that much beyond the diplomatic thing, um, they haven't actually done much. Um, for instance, this uh, rule or new permit, they're, they're demanding that every ship um, passing between Argentine ports and Falkland ports would need now, henceforth a new special permit, uh, which has been depicted in some of the British press as a blockade. Uh, they're not even enforcing that um, because this would damage their own tourism industry um, and that uh, southern Argentine ports uh, would suffer economically if it was to be enforced. So up to now, really, I think a lot of this is this posture. Grace Livingstone, do you think that uh, the um, the drilling for oil is is an, in some ways an act of provocation? I think Argentina um, sees it that way, and more broadly, I think all of Latin America see this as a simple question of uh, colonialism. They the way they see it is in 1833, the most powerful nation in the world, Britain, um, sent two warships to the Falklands and ordered Argentina, a young, um, weak nation, newly independent, to leave. Um, they, they think that Britain wanted the Falklands then for strategic reasons, for fishing and whaling. And um, I think this goes um, along with a very strongly held 
uh, feeling in uh, Latin America generally that the rich, powerful nations, Britain first and then the United States, have um, for centuries um, distorted the development of uh, Latin America, have taken its raw materials, sent the profits to the rich countries, and Latin America um, has suffered and remained poor as a result. So it just taps into sort of a very long-standing well of resentment um, of rich countries um, profiting from uh, Latin Americans stealing their raw materials, and, and this is how they see um, this oil drilling in Argentina and, generally speaking, in Latin America. Simon Jenkins, though, if there is oil in these waters, um, aren't they sort of the Falklands and Britain at liberty to do what they like with it? No, no, you're not at liberty. Um, I mean, Britain's, for instance, Britain, no, it is extraordinary. This is, this is so, to, so to speak, a left-wing Labour government saying all this. Um, we're also claiming uh, um, territorial waters around the South Georgia and Sandwich Islands, um, n- n- neither of which have anyone uh, on them to self-determine. Um, this really is a sort of an old-fashioned imperial land grab. Um, it, it is clearly the case that, that under the doctrine of prescription and self-determination, the Falklands sovereignty rests at the present moment with Britain, and therefore we are entitled to, um, to drill the, um, the, the, the territorial waters around the islands. That's, that's, that's probably what the, what the legal position we, but, would be. But that, I have to say, that may well go to the International Court of The Hague anyway. So, so even that is, is, is at the moment about to become moot. But, but setting that to one side, it is, it is simply inflammatory to do this, uh, as, as Rory says, in the, in, in, in the face of, of, of you know, the mass ranks of Latin American post-colonial opinion. And uh, Rory, if there's a commercial possibility that they can exploit this oil uh, in these waters, how might that affect the diplomatic picture? Well, then I think the Argentines would uh, may well feel compelled to actually uh, uh, put more substance into their complaints by, for instance, um, uh, demanding that sh- uh, disrupting shipping uh, in the region, not militarily, but they could just use other means to try to do that. And I, I think that up to now, um, the Argentine government has got away with being able to hype up the rhetoric and make diplomatic protests without actually... Um, uh, raising the stakes too high, but should oil be confirmed to be, you know, or vi- uh, viable commercial deposits be confirmed to exist there, then I think the Argentines will feel, whichever government, uh, be it this current government or there will be a new president next year, or there may be a new president next year, uh, I think would feel compelled uh, to do something, and that would probably involve uh, either disrupting shipping or trying to, to uh, trying to encourage the region to do some form of economic measures against British uh, British interests in the area. Rory Carroll, Simon Jenkins and Grace Livingston, thanks very much for joining us today. That's it for today's Guardian Daily, which was produced today by Andy Duckworth. I'm John Dennis. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 